the church, why I'm in Adventist education. Today I'm going to be speaking from 1 Samuel verses 1 and 2, if you wish, if you wish to follow. Um, I just want to challenge you guys, as we go home this evening, go over those two chapters, and they're going to tell, tell us what Adventist education is talking to us about, what it's telling us. Today, as we get into the message, we're going to see how one person believed in their son, how the Lord could do something powerful, something wonderful. Because I do believe that our children, our youth, are a gift from the Lord. I do believe that. I believe our, our young people are a gift from God. So as we begin um, the message, let's pray once more time as we begin to the word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you once again for all that you've done. Thank you for being so great, so wonderful. Thank you for the Sabbath day, O oh Lord. I ask you to be with me as I speak. May my words be clear that your spirit will guide me. And whatever I say from these mouths, it will be you, O oh Lord, speaking through me, O oh Lord. In your precious and beautiful name, amen. I just want to mention, as I mentioned already, that our children are a gift from the Lord. Um, I'm going to be talking about Samuel about Samuel being born. I'm going to be giving you, um, first of all, a short story on how Samuel became someone powerful in the Lord. Um, first of all, as we go into chapter 1 of 1 Samuel, it tells us the story of Elkanah had two wives. The two wives were Peninia, Peninia, and Hannah. Peninia constantly provoked Hannah. Just to give you a little um, history about it, Penania, Penina, um, had children, and Hannah had no children at all. God had closed the womb. But as we read, we're going to see that there is still hope for Hannah, how God still had a plan. A lot of people possibly thought that Hannah had no hope, that she wasn't going to have children, but God had a specific plan. So, so far, as, we, as you read through 1 Samuel chapter 1, it's talking about Elkanah having two wives, Peninnah and Hannah. As I mentioned, Peninnah had children and constantly provoked Hannah. Hannah made a vow to God that she would return to him, to God. Eli thought she was drunk, but gave her assurance that God heard her and the Lord remembered her. So remember, in this story, we see that the Lord always remembers us. Even when we're faithful, he will remember. Even if we're going through the darkest moments, he will always remember if we come to God. So as the story reads, um, Hannah conceived a son. And that son was who? Samuel. Samuel was born. Even after um, God had closed the womb, God still had a plan. And that plan was Hannah was able to conceive and bear a son named Samuel. This morning, I want to share just two points to think about and how it relates to Adventist education. The first point is children are like our tithes and offerings. Children are like our tithes and offerings. Did you know that nothing on this earth belongs to you? Not even your kids. Therefore, you are a steward of your kids, like you are a steward of your paycheck. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, because we have to learn how to manage our money. 
I know you carried those babies for nine months, but they aren't yours. I know you changed those stinky pampers for too many years. I know you spent all your money on baby food and clothes. I know you reason that I can't decide where to send my child. Hannah recognized that children are a blessing from God. Indeed, they are teaching at Lost Year Academy. I see that every day. They're such a wonderful blessing. As good as stewards, we have a responsibility to the one who lend us our children. A baby blessing is not only time we should give our children back to God. A question we could ask this morning is, what constitutes giving my children back to God? Can it be leading them at the family altar in worship of God? It's giving them back to God, teaching them not fairy tales, but Bible truths, taking them to Sabbath school, placing them in Seventh-day Adventist schools, being dedicated to God yourself, and being an example. Did you know that when Jesus comes, he will ask us, where is the flock that I have lent you? So remember, that our youth, our young people, our children, they are lent from the Lord. I know eventually they will make up their own minds about salvation. But will you make the decisions for your kids? Are you giving them the best education possible? Are you giving your kids the best education possible? The question we could ask is, what is the best education possible? According to um, Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 31, it says, the best education that can be given to children and youth is that which bears the closest relationship to the future in mortal life. While that wise sister was saying that education that prepares our children for heaven is more important than any other type of education, I want to say that me personally, it's been an honor and a blessing growing up in our Adventist schools from first grade all the way to graduate school. It's been a battle, but God has provided for me. God has made a way. And I just want to say that growing up in academy, my parents didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> and at times, it would seem like, how are we going to pay for school? Tuition is too expensive. But you know what? They're having faith in God. God made a way. If you're sitting out in the audience and you're like saying, oh, I want to send my son, daughter to have in a school, but it's too expensive. You know what? Put your trust in God. He will create a way. As we continue, we teach others, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Yet, we play Russian roulette with our kids' salvation by putting them in public schools. Now, some will argue that putting them in Adventist schools is also, is also Russian roulette. Here are some arguments. We don't have the best staff in the country. We don't have the best equipment in the, in the country. We don't have the best facilities in the country. Some of our teachers may not be the most qualified. Some of our staff may be a little rough around the edges. 
we don't do this or have that. To those arguments, I would like to present two points. If we don't send our children to our schools, we will never have enough money to pay for the, for the best equipment and facility, etc. Second point, tuition is still a major part of private institution funding. Also, at this is God's school. Its purpose takes priority. There is a priority. Training our kids to know Jesus first. That is the ultimate priority. Next, training our kids to lift up Jesus in song and praise is first. Training our kids to pray to Jesus is first. Teaching our kids to develop a relationship with the creator and redeemer is first. I just want to mention this week, our sixth graders went to outdoor school. They went up to the mountains. And I had the opportunity to be invited to go in the evening to spend time with them in Vespers in worship. And the interesting thing, before coming back down, one of the, actually, yeah, one of the kids was saying, uh, Mr. G, um, I want to pray for you before going down. I didn't tell them, hey, let's pray. They came up to me and said, let's pray. And that's what Adventist education is all about. It's about putting Jesus first. When we put Jesus first, we will put others first, and we're going to see what matters. So I want to say that our Adventist schools, we might not be perfect, but God is doing something wonderful. Just like with Hannah in the story of 1 Samuel, how Hannah constantly prayed, how she just continued praying to the Lord, but the Lord did provide. And let me add, when something belongs to God, he always comes through. That he does come through. He does come through. In other words, I know Adventists who didn't have a science lab in elementary school and doctors today. I know Adventists who went to our schools that are teachers, professors, engineers, scientists, doctors, lawyers, NASA engineers, presidents, and vice presidents of large corp corporations. So somehow, we never lose the earthly blessing. But those blessings are temporal. And as we know, those places are temporal. God still allows us to ride on the high places of this earth. He still allows us to achieve high things, but we need to rely on him. But these all things, after we seek him first, we need to seek him first. If you keep your word like Hannah, God is always faithful to keep his. My second point this morning I want to make is our faith is in God. My next point puts an emphasis on 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 24 to 28. And a quick summary of those verses says, Hannah's faith was not in the temple leaders, teachers, or priests. Hannah's faith was not in the educational system of the Levites. Hannah's faith was certainly not in Eli, whose parenting skills would have disqualified him from teaching at our school. He couldn't even control his own children. As a matter of fact, Elkanah was an Ephrathite, not a Levite. So Eli could have rejected Samuel based 
on his non-Levite status. Hannah's faith was in Jeho Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. You guys know what that means? The Lord will provide. Her faith was in Jehovah. <laughs> Hannah made a vow to give her baby back to the Lord after waiting many years. After waiting, waiting for many years when those thought there was no hope. There was hope. What, what tremendous stress and concern she may have had. However, her faith was in God, not the school. Today, I declare that we put too much faith in our schools, in our teachers, in our conference, when our faith should be in God. Yes, we must meet earthly standards to operate. I completely agree with that. Yes, we need to. Yes, we must teach them their subjects well. Yes, we must help our teachers when they struggle. Create a field of openness, openness, help people grow. Yes, we must do well on our test scores, right? That's <laughs> Never should our faith be in the school. Never should our faith be in the teachers. Our faith should be in who? God. And God has a way of honoring our faith. Now as I continue, chapters 2, verses 1 and 2 in 1 Samuel points up something interesting. Hannah goes into praise and worship just because she had the ability to give her son back to God. Hannah is giving her son away, but she is overjoyed that she can give. God loveth a cheerful giver. We at our Adventist institutions, I know here for Orange, you guys have Orangewood, but we know that we have a lot of Adventist schools, as I mentioned at the beginning. We at our Adventist institutions do not want to keep your children forever. We just want you to trust God enough to lend us your children so he can keep them forever in his kingdom. That's God's ultimate purpose. While we're here, our job is to do the best that we can in all that we do. If we make mistakes, learn from those failures when we make those mistakes. I, honest, I honestly, this morning, believe that Christian education is a test of our faith in God. I really believe that. Growing up, as I mentioned, going to Orangewood for 12 years, then lost to university, growing up when I was little, I know that my mom, my mom had faith in God, that God would provide. I believe that our short-sightedness causes the lack of faith in many of our Adventist schools today. I'm not saying that we are to be blind. Neither am I saying that we are perfect at our Adventist institutions, but if God believes in Christian education, I believe in God that I must do all I can to make it better. So instead of just criticizing, I know sometimes the first thing that we'll do is criticize, which is human nature, but our job is to make it better by working together, by being open in a community with openness. 
People who say one thing with their lips and do something else with their actions are called hypocrites. Let that not be our description. My our description this morning to be people of faith. I just want to finish up with this verse in 1 Samuel chapter 2, um, verses, verse 20. And I'm going to focus on the last part. So 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 20. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from the woman for the loan that was a given to the Lord. So our young people that we see here today, our young people, our children, they are alone from God. They're being lent from God so we can be better stewards of his service. So we could prepare, not only do our best here on this, let's pray as we close the message. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you once again for all that you've done, Lord. Lord, Evan's education is a test of faith. We know that, um, first of all, I'm thankful to be part of one of the largest educational systems in the world. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. I ask you to be with us. Help, help us to always put you first, Lord. Lord, we know when there's a way, you, oh Lord, will make things possible. Or sometimes when we see that we've come to the end of the road, we don't know what to do. That you, oh Lord, will make a better way. I ask you to be with us as we go through this beautiful Sabbath day. Be with our amazing students at La Sierra Academy, Orangewood Academy, and throughout the world. That you, O oh Lord, will always watch us and take care of us. In your precious and beautiful name, amen. Thank you so much for your message on Adventist education. And, and La Sierra Academy, all of you, thank you so much for bringing um, a musical blessing for us today. We're very appreciated. Hope you had a very fun tour. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts. Let's bow our heads and, and pray for our offering. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessings we have received and honor the blessings which we are giving back to you. Take our, our gifts, whether big or small, to multiply your kingdom in whatever ways you have desired. In your name I pray. Amen.